Welcome to the Tummy Team Journey podcast, where we share how functional core rehab can actually change your life. We share the stories of clients and professionals who have done Tummy Team programs, and we share so much more than that. I'm Kelly Dean, physical therapist and founder of the Tummy Team. I'm passionate about helping people find profound healing beyond the physical healing, but also emotional healing to be strong and pain-free for the life they were meant to live. everybody. This is Kelly Dean. Welcome back to the Tummy Team Journey podcast. I am super excited about our interview today with online client Stephanie Overstreet. And we have um, we have had an e-session and she has done some work with our courses and I'm excited for her to share her story with you. It's really been impacting to me and uh, I think it'll be impacting to you. Hi, Stephanie. How are you doing? Good. I am so excited for this chat. Oh, good. Me too. Um, Tell everybody a little bit about you, you know, tell us about a little bit about your story. Um, Well, I am a wife and a mom. I've got two little girls. One is just turned seven and the other just turned one. And my background is as a um, registered nurse. I started in pediatrics and then I also did postpartum and some NICU training in the hospital and then transitioned more to some out of um, hospital uh, settings and really just grew in my love for taking care of women kind of throughout the pregnancy journey. Um, And then I got my own experience as I started having my own children in the last few years. Yeah. Oh, I didn't even I didn't even know the nursing background part. Or if I did, I didn't remember that. That's cool. Um, So tell me what led you to the tummy team? Was it related to your births? Was it related to your mom experience? Well, I first found out about you guys from a family member because we live in the town where your physical office was located once upon a time. And they had actually told me about what you guys do. And I'd never really heard of um, kind of your approach about core strengthening and, you know, like that our abdominals are not just to do crunches, but the mm-hmm. idea of like our core being a stabilizer. I did not know what the transverse abdominus muscle really was. Um, and so I took the prenatal foundations course during my first pregnancy because I wanted to set myself up for a good journey. Um, but I struggled with some depression during pregnancy that I didn't actually know about. Um, I just, I struggled to actually get through the course because I just wasn't doing super well personally, but I did kind of get enough tools to kind of piece things together and, you know, have a a first week, Mm -hmm. even the first week of education is enlightening, right? Like when you like what you said, just understanding where the transverse is, that it's mm-hmm. not for crunches. Because mm-hmm. you think, I, I'm pregnant. Something's going to happen to my belly. I want to strengthen it. But intuitively, we know crunches don't seem like the right thing to do when we're pregnant. Um, even though some of us do it because we don't know anything else. But like just that initial education of posture and breathing yeah. and, and an upright connection. Um, yeah, and like not, really- not jackknifing to get yeah. out of bed. You know, the 
the sexy slide and the, the different things. Um, yeah. 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 Just some of those initial resources. And so it's interesting that you mentioned that like, you know, you didn't even realize you were depressed, but you kind of started to kind of lack the motivation to kind of do some of the stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I did manage though, after I gave birth, um, I did not have a diastasis, which I think I was fortunate that it closed and um, I didn't have to rehab that. I think because of what I learned from the, um, the prenatal course. And then it was a big gap between my first and second baby and a lot of um, chronic health issues. And um, so somewhere along the way, I, I noticed when I was going to the bathroom that I felt at, when I was wiping, I felt something different kind of just inside the vaginal opening. And I thought, I'm a nurse, like I, I'm familiar with anatomy and this just doesn't seem right. And so I went to my doctor and she did a pelvic exam and, and I was laying down for the pelvic exam, not sitting up oh, like in the toilet. Gonna ask you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so she didn't, she didn't really see anything. She saw maybe a spot where a small tear that I had may have healed. And so she said, well, maybe you're finding like scar tissue or like an extra flap of skin. And I just kind of left feeling a little embarrassed and like, okay, maybe I'm just not as familiar with, you know, what things are like. And so, but I will say that after my first baby, I didn't have abdominal separation, but I did um, leak when I sneezed. And I never really, um, I think I was still under the impression that it's so common for women to leak when they sneeze after giving birth, we kind of joke about it. And so I didn't actually make the connection like, Mm -hmm. oh, this could be some pelvic floor weakness and we should really maybe consider, um, doing something about it. I don't even think I knew about pelvic floor physical therapy really until probably two years ago when I heard about it on a podcast, honestly. And I just mentioned it. It's unfortunate, right? It's unfortunate. Did you have a vaginal birth the first time? I did. yeah. Yeah. And it was relatively uncomplicated. Right. Right. And, and knowing what you know, now you can kind of connect all the dots of some, even if you don't have a diastasis, you may have some lingering functional core weakness yep. and the parent chronic parenting postures yeah. that we put ourselves in, put us in kind of a collapsed posture, put excessive pressure down into the pelvic floor if we're in that kind of curved posturing. Um, and there's some disconnect sometimes after a baby has come through the birth canal where we don't quite feel things the same way and don't know how to connect to those muscles. And sometimes what we're taught with Kegels um, is just ineffective, poor information, not quite enough information when you're not in the right alignment and you're not connected to the right muscles. It's kind of like, you know, the blind leading the blind there. It really is. And I think education is such a big part of it, which because of my nursing background, I really educated a lot, educated myself a lot since I had my first baby because it's a passion point. And I had so many struggles after my first with postpartum depression and anxiety and chronic health issues that came from 
um, unmanaged stress and depleted nutrients. And um, so that launched me into pivoting my career and wanting to start working with moms more of in a, in a consulting manner where I meet with them and kind of guide them through the process of pregnancy yeah. and preparing for birth and then postpartum. Cause I realized just how underserved I was as a postpartum mom. And I thought I am a nurse. Right. I I'm an advocate for yourself and right. you still, yeah. Yes. And I taught, I discharged moms home from the hospital with their baby. And when I had my own baby, it was like, I realized how little I knew, even with my background. So then I realized right. like the average person probably has no idea about a lot of important things. So this being one of them, like, I love how in your courses, we learn how to incorporate, um, like healthy use of the core, like in everything that we do. So it's not right. just like a set of exercises. I mean, yes, that's a tool, but I wish that I had known like the idea of having your, your transverse somewhat engaged, like just mm -hmm. in your every and connecting you. Yeah. Or even like when going for walks or, yeah. you know, yeah. So really we're baby, nursing the baby, changing the baby, getting on and off the toilet, getting the baby in and out of the crib, like all the things. I mean, we, yeah. we have are such a fitness culture that we think muscles are designed for exercise programs. But yeah. in the original design, there was no Gold's Gym at the Garden of Eden. You know, <laughs> I mean, in the original design was for us to reach and lift and and walk and carry and to bend and to yeah. sit and back up and, and, you know, to give birth and be able to function after giving birth. Right. And yeah. all of those things. And so really going back to that original design and, and what's beautiful about it is it creates so much opportunity to use your body in a way that creates strength because we're a use it or lose it system, right? The more we use the muscles, the stronger they are. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think sometimes when there's any kind of emotional health or mental health component, mm -hmm. when we've had any kind of difficulty with birth or fertility, we disconnect from our core. Um, mm -hmm. it feels like a dead zone and mm -hmm. it's very difficult to heal something you can't feel. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's hard to tell people to go and feel something that when they feel it, they remember sadness or grief. And mm -hmm. So, so, you know, our approach is very holistic, is very looking at that whole thing, not just, okay, you have a, you have a transverse abdominus and we move the muscles this way and it closes the diastasis and now you're better. I mean, it's so much more than that for me, mm -hmm. um, you know, not just being a mom, but, and having my own fertility struggles and my own body image stuff. Um, but working with so many women and seeing all the different things that, you know, we carry in our body and how important and essential we are to the world, not just to our family unit, but to the world, like the impact that we make in our communities when we are present and whole and healthy and connected and yeah. what's missing when we're not, there's a void there, you know, and I, I feel like empowering women to know their importance in the world and that they are valued and that we, yes, giving birth is something, yeah, we're designed to do, but it is transformative and yes. we need to 
support women through that process. Yeah. I want to come back. Yeah, go ahead. No, I just, I I love what you're saying because I feel like a huge part of that is I wish that we could just shout the tummy team principles from the rooftops because I don't think women know during their pregnancy just some very basic things to take care of their core and their pelvic floor and so then you just you don't know how to how to support that so that you don't have so many issues afterwards and how to be proactive mm -hmm, yeah and then also how to respond if things sometimes people are very proactive and things still happen we still have some prolapse situation we still Mm -hmm. have some incontinence we still have some back pain or some sciatica um and then how to not freak out and go oh my gosh my body has failed me you know to recognize oh something's happening I wonder what the next step is to fix that. And it's mm-hmm. sad for me. I've heard your story many a times where people intuitively know something's not right down there and they go and they get checked in a backline position with their feet up, yes. which gravity is doing all the great things to make your vaginal canal look amazing in that position. Yes. And that is not the position you're living your life in. Okay. Yes. So training and talking to, um, midwives and OBs and even pelvic floor physical therapists to check in standing. It's a little bit awkward and uncomfortable, but how else are we reproducing the symptoms that you're experiencing? Um, And even I've had, I have some pelvic floor PTs that do internal work that will say, I actually have them do a little bit of a squat and come back up. You know, mm-hmm. a little, you know, so we can, so I can really feel and, and the, the person, the client in that situation, even though it's a little uncomfortable to have somebody's hand in your vaginal canal while you're standing, yeah. they appreciate the thoroughness of really trying to get to the bottom of what they are That's experiencing true. to validate their experience so that, and, and honestly for the clinician to have a valid understanding of what you're experiencing so that you're not dismissed. So you're not kind of overlooked or underdiagnosed. Yes, because that's kind of what happened. I, I think it was missed. And then, you know, two years later, we got pregnant with our second. And I think during that pregnancy, I had gestational diabetes and I was trying to manage it with, um, diet and lifestyle. So I was walking three times a day, two to three times a day, doing lots of dumbbell workouts at home, body weight, you know, squats and lunges. And I did not know to activate my core. So I was doing all of those things with a loose tummy. And then at the time I had no idea what that was doing to my pelvic floor. Right. In addition to Yeah. With the best intentions, like, Mm -hmm. you know, and that's what's, that's what really is like the gut punch for, for women. They're like, I was doing all this stuff thinking, you know, I was doing the right stuff. And then they feel like, and I felt this way too. I, a, a big reason that my diastasis was so severe and the pelvic floor symptoms that I had after that 
was me doing stuff I thought I should be doing, doing lots of sit-ups, doing lots of crunches, training for a half marathon, you know, doing all these things that I thought were the right things. And none of those things in themselves are, are wrong necessarily. But if you don't have the right support structure of your body first, everything else, it's like building a house on sand. You know, you don't have the foundation and you cannot blame the walls for collapsing when they're not on a foundation. You know, yes, it's so true. And that's what I love about the prenatal course. And I wish now that I had been able to finish it because I think some of the things that I probably needed to know during my second pregnancy, I didn't know because I missed out on a bit of that. But the good news is that I did know you existed. And so right. I remember you had some hope. Oh, yeah. Yes. So when I was probably three months postpartum, I remember going for walks and thinking something doesn't feel right down here. I'm feeling bulging and heaviness. And honestly, when it's your second baby, my babies were six years apart. So I didn't remember what it feels like after your first, how long it takes to feel normal. I couldn't remember. So it took a couple months for me to clue in like, I'm feeling something, but the doctor told me I have a loose flap of skin. So am, am I feeling a flap of skin or am I feeling something else that shouldn't be there? And then I said to a friend, do you know anything about prolapse? Like, I'm wondering if that might be what this is. And she knew nothing. So I did get a referral to a um, pelvic floor PT and it, I did a couple visits and it was good. I and mean, it was hard to get out of the house with a baby mm -hmm. and have to get childcare. And, but it, I think she did a good job. She did check me standing. We did find, you know, that there was some prolapse going on. Um, and we did do an internal exam with the muscles and, you know, it was, mm -hmm. so actually having had that experience was helpful for when I did eventually take your course. But the big thing that I couldn't figure out when I was meeting with her was all of her, she did talk about posture, but everything was about Kegels and I was trying to do them. But in my mind, I'm like, I know tummy team taught me about transverse, but I couldn't like, she couldn't never mentioned it. She yeah. didn't mention it at all. And so I'm thinking like, how do the dots connect here? You know? And so they didn't, the dots did not connect for a few months. And then finally I'm eight, nine months postpartum. And I'm like, this prolapse is not getting better. I'm not getting back to normal. And that's when I was like, I've got to go back and look at what the tummy team has and see if there's some way to get back to normal. It's sad when you feel like you can't walk comfortably or you're uncomfortable right. standing cooking dinner for your family and you're eight, nine months postpartum and you feel like your body's just broken. That's where yeah. that's the state I was in when I came back around and emailed you about like, what, what should I do? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That, that, that whole, um, I feel broken. I, I, I feel like that's what we should put on our website. Do you feel broken? <laughs> you know, like, yeah. I don't want to, I don't want to, you know, encourage the negative tape that you're hearing in your head, but there's a, some valid validation to like, yes, am I supposed to feel broken? No, you know, like it's common. Like that's the whole thing. We always say common and normal are not the same thing. Yeah. Um, just because something's common doesn't mean we just accept it to be normal. Um, yes. 
You know, I, I just don't think that was the design for us to have babies and just fall apart. You know, mm -hmm. I mean, mothers are too important to the world to not be able to be engaged in it after mm -hmm. they've given birth, you know? Yeah. So I think that yeah. there's more going on there. And so, so you reached out to us and what direction did I give you? What did I say? We talked about doing the core of your floor course because floor floor. I, yes, because I had the, um, you had the understanding had of, yeah. yeah. So you said, yeah. oh, okay, I think we can do that. The pelvic floor course, because I had some of the basics from prior. Um, but and I will tell you, we review it. We review it in I the beginning. The, say, the core stuff. Yeah. The first couple weeks of the pelvic floor course were amazing. It connected all the dots for me. It jogged my memory of what I'd learned from the prenatal course. And I suddenly realized like, this is why my, I'm having prolapse because I don't engage my core at all. I'm completely disconnected from it. And no wonder, like if the core muscle, if the transverse is not being supported and doing what, if it's not engaged, then all the pressure is going down, you know? Right. right. So it's that, like a cylinder around your waist and the pelvic floor is the floor of the cylinder, the diaphragm is the, the ceiling of the cylinder. But if that cylinder that should kind of pull up and in is like a deflated balloon, then where does that all go down? Not to mention your posture, your strategies of holding your breath and bracing, all the things that you don't even realize you start to recruit as a survival strategy, you know, as just like, how, how am I functioning with a weak core when I need my core for everything? You know, I use all these other strategies and those strategies are what are causing or creating an environment that allows the prolapse to kind of exist and flourish. <laughs> yeah. And I think it made me really scared when I, I tried doing getting fitted for a pessary. And so I needed to go see an OB for that. And she basically said, if you don't, she said something like, well, where you're at when you're a year postpartum, that's where you're going to be. Like, so, oh. and it just was scary. To, and then Another she was like, well, more information. I know. And then she said, maybe you just need to figure out if you're going to have any more kids. And if you are, then get it over with. And if you're not, then, you know, when you're done having kids, you can have surgery to fix this and we can put you back together basically. And I was just like, oh my gosh, I'm 36. Like I'm yeah, too but, young. Yeah. This is this is surgery for prolapse. These are the only scenarios. Yeah. Yeah. And um really, I, was I love scenarios. your course because I was just thinking like there's gotta be another way. Kegels aren't cutting it. What else mm -hmm. is there? You know? Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. I wonder like I hear that that scenario all the time, you know, of this is as good as it's going to get. It's been a year. I don't know who made that magical year because, gosh, the first year is so hard. And if you put the pressure on, like, I've got to get everything back that I'm going to ever get back in this first year on top of how hard the first year is, that feels like a defeated um, system, right? And the reality yeah. is I've worked with women in their 60s and 70s. And that have had remarkable improvement. So yeah. muscles, muscles, yeah. It doesn't work muscles that respond, yes. And I yes. will say that what, what you say is true because I did the pelvic floor course as I was 
turning a year postpartum. And then um, I have continued to use some of the strategies that I learned in that course that are more like a rehab exercise, if you will, um, as tools. And I've found that even in the last month, I've seen it, I've seen an improvement, like the right. first real improvement. And I also, um, you had mentioned that breastfeeding, the hormones can affect mm -hmm. the healing. And so we're just now cutting back a little bit on nursing. And I think the combination of that with continuing um, the functional principles that I right. learned in the course, and then also just the strengthening exercises, I'm seeing a change and I'm 14, uh, 14 months postpartum. So it's not right. true that it just, the healing stops at 12 months. Well, and that's the other thing. Most, not all, but a lot of women nurse for the first year. Yeah. So if we're saying this is as good as you're going to get at the end of the first year and people are still nursing and still in all of those parenting postures that nursing influences, that's yeah. not fair. That's not a fair recommendation either. Because let me tell you, I'm years past nursing and little ones and my posture is transformed when I just don't have to look down so much. You know, <laughs> sure. my, my kids are all teenagers and up. So I'm, I'm still taller than a couple of them, but you know, still I'm looking up instead of looking down and that alone has changed everything. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, it, not putting those timelines on ourselves um, mm -hmm. is really important. Recognizing that there is still ways that your body can heal and understanding that, you know, posture is such a huge component of it. And all of the strategies, um, I still do some of the rehabby type strategies. Mm -hmm. I, and I look at them as tools, like of like, what does my body need to feel balanced, supported, and connected right now? And I take any tools I have, yeah. you know. Um, and some tools I need more than others on different times of the different days or different weeks or different times of the year. Um, but you have those tools and those resources are so applicable and 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 not just I give you a, a set of exercises, but every exercise we give you, I over explain why you're doing that exercise, right? I I really yes. help you that. understand why is this stretch? You yep. know, why are you doing this stretch? And when would you use this stretch as a tool? Why are you doing and we do a form of kegels. We use the word kegels kind of loosely just to honor Dr. Kegel, who was in the 40s, like the first gynecologist that even looked at pelvic floor muscles and tried right. to fix things with women. I think we, over the years, we've distorted it, simplified it and like messed, messed with the concept of it. But in general, it's just a way to strengthen the pelvic floor. We do teach you that, but in a way that it's about connection, coordination, mm -hmm. the, the, the lift component, as well as some of the fast twitch movement component, yeah. as well as the release component and recognizing that we're not just squeezing all day, but really it's that long lean and lifted that comes from the core pelvic floor co-contraction in your posture and neutral pelvis. Yeah. That's the thing that's helping the prolapse. It is. Right. And I've noticed that even I'm, I'm going for walks now more like, you know, 20 to 30 minutes. And, um, I just, from learning in the course, like posture and engaging the core, but also imagining the pelvic floor being like a trampoline. And so mm -hmm. I'm wanting to kind of keep things long, lean and lifted when I'm walking and not just like letting everything right towards the ground, you know? Right. And if you're going for a walk, 
Mm-hmm. If you're going for a 20 minute walk, make that walk work for you, right? Like do yes. it intentionally, not just like check it off the list. I'm slumping down the neighborhood, you know, with the, the poor posture, you know, stand regally, stand nice and tall, you know, own your steps and connect to your body in that moment. And then, you know, that 20 minutes is very valuable. Mm-hmm. So true. <laughs> yeah. And empowering, right? Yeah. So, so you, um, you're still on your journey. We, we, last time we talked, we were starting to talk about fitness mm-hmm. and, you know, which is always this scary thing. Like, oh, I'm never going to be able to do this. I'm never going to be able to do that. I'm never going to be able to do this, which is not necessarily true. It's how you do and how I really can see how the right approach to fitness, um, mm-hmm. it actually continues the rehab process. Yes. Right? I just, I have not picked up a dumbbell since I gave birth because I've been afraid, like, I don't want to do something that's going to make my pelvic organs head the wrong direction. But we talked about the um, Core Smart Fitness, mm-hmm. and I just, I just got my resistance bands and the different tools that I'm going to need. And so I'm about to sign up for that program because I am really ready and excited to incorporate resistance training back into my routine because I love it, but I'm excited to do it knowing I can build strength gradually, but in a way that's not going to worsen these symptoms. So I'm super glad that that resource is available. Not only not worsen the symptoms, but empower you to feel like, oh, these things actually make, make my core and pelvic floor feel more stable, more connected, stronger. I feel more reliable because I have this. And this is, this uh, resource, this course is um, often this missing link for people, even if they didn't think Mm -hmm. fitness was their goal because I incorporate the breath and the movement and using your upper body and your lower body and being connected in that coordination, it's sometimes that missing piece. Um, and, um, yeah, Mm -hmm. I'm excited. I'm excited to, uh, hear your experience with it because I think, uh, you're going to really enjoy it. I think so too. I think I'm going to be telling lots of friends and clients about (laughs) these resources for sure. Yeah. So tell me when, uh, because you did have the opportunity to see a PT in person mm-hmm. and you still chose to do online for the reasons mm-hmm. that you mentioned, um, online, was that difficult for you? Was it difficult for you to feel like, were there times where you felt like, oh gosh, I wish I was in person with somebody doing this? I mean, I think everybody kind of wishes that, but how did the online approach? kind of format work for you? I would say, you know, in a perfect world, I I would love for women to have access to both. I think, um, and see the problem with the in-person option is you just never know what you're going to get because it varies so much from practitioner to practitioner. So my in-person experience was was pretty good, even though it had a couple of holes. Um, but I loved being able to be evaluated in person. And I went into the online course knowing that I didn't have um, like imbalances in the pelvic floor muscles because we had done some myofascial release and different things. So I feel like there was benefit to that, like for from an evaluation perspective. Yes, um, I agree. 
And if you need that manual myofascial release, but actually you teach that in the course. So if we don't have access to it, the course still can help you. Um, but I think what I loved was the course filled in all the gaps and more. And I couldn't go physically. I, I did a couple visits and I couldn't do any more because yeah. I just, how many appointments can you leave the house for, you know? Right. So, um, and when you have like a nine month old or a 10 month old, you can't, they're not going to just sleep in the car seat if you take them with you. So yeah. I loved the online course because I could watch the the content when she was sleeping and then work on the, the different exercises and things just throughout my day. Um, and it really just, I think my only challenges, which I love that you guys give a little extra time and you're willing to give an extension. I just, we did it. I did it in the winter. So the, I started the course and then my kids had RSV and then the next <laughs> month we had COVID. And so, right. was, but you know, you, you guys are a team of moms, so you know how yeah. it goes. And so and we, and we set it up with the timeline as an incentive and with the, with the mindset that we know how rehab works and we yeah. also know how we can procrastinate and push things off. Yeah. You know, how many people have gotten a gym membership and like haven't gone for like three months, yeah. right? But if you knew that it was going to expire, if you didn't go, you know, like you would go, yeah. right? That's the result. It does. And that's what we want. to get the results. Yeah. We want you to have the results and we know that rehab works when you build the next set of things on it. Um, but at the and same time, we know life happens. And, and so I love that you said a couple times, even in the course, like, don't give up, don't get discouraged. We know there's a lot, just do what you can do, you know, and some of that was super helpful. <laughs> like, well, yeah, I speak to that camera, like I'm speaking to myself, you know, mm -hmm. because I know, I know how emotional this work is. I know how, um, important it is and how I know how people start with these intentions and then I know what life does to us right mm -hmm. and um there have been times where I was like oh maybe I should simplify the course but what I've learned is that different people respond to different parts of it and as long as I give them permission to cling to the part that really is resonating with them and to be okay with not we're no, we're not perfectionists here. We're not looking for perfection. We're looking for every step moving forward. And that's why sometimes people will get the membership later and go through the course again. Um, because now in a different season, oh, now that is important when it was, that wasn't even on the radar the first time around because I was dealing with these other things. It's mm -hmm. a very rich, deep, um, amount of information that is just empowering for like self-care as, a woman, you know, to, to know how to, um, respect, honor, nurture, um, our own body, you know, and giving you those tools. And, you know, we, it is, if you can, if you can meet with a, a great in-person PT, awesome. Mm -hmm. My experience is there's not a lot of them out there and they're not everywhere. And yeah. so, um, this, uh, this meets the need for those people that maybe don't have somebody nearby or can't afford to go to, um, the PT or really can't get, you know, all their kids in the car to go mm -hmm. to this appointment. It's, I mean, it's a challenge. So, so giving you those options, um, when you, 
when you talk to other moms in -hmm. your, in your business, which I want you to tell people a little bit about your business. um, Are you, what, what are you, are you seeing them prenatally as well as postpartum? Yes. Mm -hmm. And so anywhere in that process. Yeah. And so uh, is, is your, your process just to kind of ask them questions, find out what they're struggling with and then give them resources? Or do you have kind of a game plan of things that you typically cover with every mom? How do you, yeah. how do you go through? Um, well, so part of what I do is nutritional therapy. So some women come to me because they have a specific issue that they need help working through, or maybe they had postpartum anxiety with their first and they don't want to have that again. And how do I, how can I avoid that? So um, what I ended up, what kind of came out of my own journey was something called the peace method, which is a holistic strategy. So um, the strategy is, categorized into five categories based on each letter of the word peace. So P stands for practical uh, resources or practical needs and support system. E is emotional wellness. A is abundance in God's presence and spiritual principles. C is confidence in your unique way of mothering. And E is expectations that are life-giving and full of grace. So under each of those categories, I do have things that I like to walk my clients through, whether we're we're preparing for a better birth the next time or whether we're looking at preparing for postpartum. And so I can see under that practical needs and support system, what we're talking right. about here is a massive part of that, especially yeah. obvious. I mean, we want to make them aware of this and learn while we're pregnant but especially looking to postpartum, planning for postpartum. My goal is to help my clients have that support system in place ahead of time so that they actually know where to turn to for support. Or ideally, maybe they already have a connection ahead of time. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think the last one, the expectations too, helping to, um, you know, sometimes our expectations are like, oh, we'll just settle for whatever. Or our expectations are so high that we need to like abuse our bodies back into some kind of shape or something that is not really honoring. I think, Mm -hmm. I think that's really, gosh, such a huge, amazing resource that you're offering for people. And um, I'll get more information from you so that we can add it to our podcast notes so people can reach out to you if they need to. Um, yeah, exactly. I feel, I feel like, you know, one of the things that, you know, I hope for people to, to get out of, you know, this whole approach is really just that, that instead of rec, instead of going to my body is broken, mm-hmm. rec, you know, respecting and honoring and acknowledging what your body has been capable of, what it has been able to do and how it's been fighting for you um, and how we need to support it back. We need to give it resources. We're a partner with our body. Our body's not our enemy, but we're a partner with our body. And how do we give our body the the resources it needs to continue to fight for us and to fight for the baby and, and to do all those things. And I think changing that mindset 
of I, I, you know, my body had failed me or I have to beat my body into submission instead of thinking, okay, my body is fighting for me to keep this baby alive, to help me birth this baby, to help me nurse this baby, to help me stay, stay, you know, safe and healthy and, you know, and, and keep moving, even though my back is out of alignment, it's keeping me moving, you know, even though these things are happening, I'm still doing this. Mm -hmm. So, you know, recognizing when you do get to a point where you hit a wall or a massive speed bump, you know, to acknowledge that you've been, you've still been moving forward when you hit that wall. Yes. Now we need to sure. pause and, and take care of some things so that we can continue to move forward. Yes. You know? Supporting our body is so huge. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. Is there anything else that you would like to share before we wrap up? Anything that you wish that people would have known or wish you would have known earlier? Anything like that? Um, I would just say to not hesitate. I, I wish I would have really understood to not hesitate to make the investment in myself to do some preparation. I think a lot of times we just kind of do the best we can, but we also just kind of assume, oh, it's all going to work out. And I think sometimes that lack of, of doing a little bit of, we just don't know what we don't know. But that's why there are people who, like you and I, have de dedicated our career to a field of study because we want to offer that support. Right. And I just... Um, wish that I had known what a good idea it was to make that investment in myself and seek out that support because this pregnancy postpartum journey is so transformative in our life as women. And so if we can set ourselves up for a more peaceful, thriving, flourishing, you know, way of going through that, then we're one step ahead. So that's really that's yeah. what I wish I would have known. And that's really what has um, driven me to, to really start working with clients in that way and kind of be that, that resource. I love that. I couldn't agree more. I couldn't agree more. I, I always think motherhood's like a marathon, but for some reason we think we don't need to train for it. <laughs> I know. It's so true. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like that it'll just work out. And I, I don't know about you, but I trained for a half marathon once and it doesn't just work out. <laughs> you yes. I was actually just sharing on my Instagram yesterday, how we describe giving birth like a marathon. And, and yet some of us labor all night long before we give birth and we don't get a medal, we get a baby, you know, and right. it's amazing. But like, the real endurance comes after the baby comes. And so right. having the support, like the principles that you talk about in your courses, that's huge. Cause right. we need that. Because, because we, we got pregnant. Mm -hmm. We got pregnant to be a mom. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. And yes, birth is part of being a mom, but that's just the very beginning. It's kind of like we got married to be a wife and have a family. Right. Mm -hmm. So the wedding is important. But mm -hmm. it doesn't end after the wedding, right? Like mm -hmm. the wedding's mm -hmm. important, the birth is important, but mm -hmm. we want to be the best mom throughout that whole journey. Yeah. And that journey is long. Um. So and it's important. I mean, there's nobody else that is gonna be mom. Yeah. There's yeah. nobody else that's gonna be mom. You're the mom. So 
investing in that is a way that you're investing in your family and in the future. And I feel like that's a good way for people to realize this isn't like a selfish investment. This this is supporting us so that we can be selfless. You know, if we don't, we have to just hunker down and do the bare minimum for ourselves just to get by, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so true. <laughs> well, thank you so much. We could probably talk again and maybe we will. Yeah. I love the work you're doing. And um, yeah, and I... <laughs> I love, I love that you're willing to share your story so openly and I appreciate that. So thank you so much for joining us. Okay. Take care. Thanks. All right, everybody. Thanks for joining us today. And um, I hope that you really enjoyed this story. If you have a story to share, reach out to me. I would love to share your story as well. I think that we can all learn from each other and uh, we would be happy to share your story and get more people involved in this mission of having this proactive partnership with our bodies. Look at what we do at thetummyteam.com. Thanks so much, everybody. We'll see you next time. Thank you so much for joining us today at the Tummy Team Journey podcast. To hear more inspiring stories, subscribe to our podcast and leave a review. And of course, to get more information, check out all that we do at thetummyteam.com. We would love to help you be strong for the life you were meant to live.